This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. And welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Callender. Going to catch up a little bit on uh, sports for the past few days. So, obviously, after the NBA trade uh, trade deadline, uh, the Cavs had their first game on Sunday against the Celtics. Rousing success. They blow out the Celtics. Everyone's now uh, hopping on a bandwagon for the Cavs. You know, in terms of what I said, you know, again, the Cavs are a better team following the trade deadline, I, I honestly have no idea what some of these teams were thinking with some of the deals that they made. Even if they were trying to offload some contracts, I still disagree with uh, with some of those moves just because it just felt way too cheap what they were giving away. I mean, L.A. was practically handing LeBron a uh, playoff run. Unless that's Magic's ultimate plan is to entice LeBron by giving him uh, so many uh, viable players, and then tempting him in free agency when he leaves Cleveland, uh, uh, provided that the Cavs don't win the title, which is a pretty high probability that the Warriors are still taking it all. I know some folks are now uh, saying that, hey, you got to give the Cavs a shot against the Warriors. No, I, I still look at this and say it's a makeshift team, but it's a far more competitive team uh, for reasons that I outlined uh, last week. Uh, especially given the fact that Isaiah Thomas uh, just is not healthy and had a number of issues on the defensive end. So with that being said, uh, another person I have to bring up again uh, is the aforementioned uh, Isaiah Thomas, who once again felt the need to bring up a former team in his introductory press conference to the media. I don't understand the thought process, but... Uh, when asked by the uh, Los Angeles media uh, about how practice went and how he felt, uh, IT felt the need to bring up that he felt great and that this felt like the first real practice he's had all season long. Now, again, there's only one way to interpret this, and that's as a shot to Cleveland in general and LeBron that they weren't giving Isaiah the support he needed to develop and, and get himself back into shape. I mean, to say that you didn't have a real practice, I mean, it's completely disingenuous. They were working you out throughout the year when you were injured, uh, when you got healthy uh, to get you back into playing shape. And, you know, the fact of the matter is he could have gone down to the D-League. Now it's called the G-League, but, hey, it's the same thing. It's the D-League. You know, ultimately, ITV wanted to come back and play uh, at the NBA level and go full tilt ahead. I mean... That's his choice, but you got to live with it when it doesn't work out, which is what happened. He wasn't ready to play, and a lot of things that he was able to get away with in Boston, namely the fact that he's 5'8 and can't play a lick of defense, the Celtics were willing to hustle and make those plays, uh, uh, the extra rotation, get in front of their man, do the extra bit of grunt work on the defensive side to make up for his defensive liabilities. Now, Fast forward, and you're on a Cavs team where LeBron's the guy. You're not the main focus of the offense. So guys are not necessarily going to run out of their way of doing the, the extra little bit of work. Now, that's not to say that the Cavs did not have their own separate issues outside of Isaiah Thomas. I've talked about it before. 
They're 28th in the league in defense. Lack of hustle, lack of energy plays. But again, a lot of veteran players. And, you know, when you come to that circumstance when everybody's getting old, you know what? There needs to be a refresh of the roster, and that's what uh, Kobe Altman did. He refreshed the roster. Jordan Clarkson played big on Sunday. Larry Nance Jr. had a big game uh, in his return to Cleveland uh, uh, growing up there. And Rodney Hood had a decent showing from three-point range. You know, all the new guys made an impact. Are they going to do that throughout the entire second half of the season? No, not necessarily. George Hill played a solid game at a point, which is what I would expect. But again, this is not the typical performances that you're going to see out of the Cavs. They're going to have games where they struggle. They're going to have games where LeBron's going to have to do everything. But that's life in the NBA. And... You know, the Cavs were going through a period of malaise, but they're not as talented as some of the other teams, and they're not as good as they were last year, especially with Kevin Love injured. So it just magnified the troubles that the Cavs team had. And, of course, the Rangers give up a goal that quickly. It's just ridiculous. Sorry, I got off tangent there, but, I mean, the Rangers are so unprepared to start games. It's ridiculous. Uh, The Rangers are playing Minnesota in the game. Uh, as you can tell by my abject frustration, the game literally uh, is barely underway and the uh, Rangers have already given up a goal uh, to the Wild. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, the Rangers pulled off a couple of wins uh, that they shouldn't have and everyone's getting excited because they're saying, oh, the Rangers are making a run. And, you know, it's just the fact that uh, the Rangers continually... Uh, find ways of giving you false hope because at the end of the day, this is not a good team. Uh, they're, they're very imbalanced. They have a number of issues. Uh, you know, they pulled off wins that you weren't expecting in back-to-back games. So, you know, everyone was expecting uh, a complete collapse. You know, they have pride. So, you know, you can't get past a team that has pride. So they, they won against Calgary uh, at home. Uh, they, uh, they, uh, come back and beat the uh, Winnipeg in Winnipeg. So it, and they just gave up a second goal. I, I, uh, okay. Two goals on three shots. You know, it's just uh, the Rangers come out so flat to start games. Same thing happened in Winnipeg. Uh, you know, so flat to start games. It's it's imperative that. Their changes uh, with the coaching staff come next season because the Rangers are too talented of a team to be this lackadaisical. Sorry, got off tangent there. Uh, coming back on tangent with the NBA. So sorry about that. So anyway, God, uh, Rangers just drive me nuts. But as you can see with prior podcasts on why the Rangers need to make trades at the deadline. You see why I, I, I harp on it, because the Rangers are not a playoff team, even if they are within mere points of uh, being in the playoffs as a wild card. But anyway, back to the NBA. So the general malaise was impacting a number of teams. Cavs being one of them, uh, you know, when you go to the finals three straight years, you're going to have tire legs. Another team that was being impacted were the Warriors, who are by far, far away the most talented team in the league. And so the Warriors were splitting games that they should have uh, lost to, but they were losing games. So Steve Kerr comes up with a different way of approaching the problem of combating player fatigue, mental fatigue, and getting them engaged because he felt that his players were not listening to him. So Kerr's idea, and it apparently sparked some controversy, I don't know why because it's none of their business, but Kerr decided to let his own players coach the game. So Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green, they were taking turns, uh, coaching plays. They had the little, uh, they had the little chalkboard out, and they were diagraphing uh, plays. So Draymond was suspended because he picked up too many technical fouls. Again, part of the malaise because he was getting too emotionally invested in these games and losing focus. So Kerr's idea was to, hey, I'm going to keep Draymond invested in the game. I'm going to have him coach. And then have him see what it, what's happening on the court so he can at least appreciate some of the areas where he was screwing up. Because, again, the Warriors, I almost feel as though uh, with KD having a second year in the system, they're too bored. Winning 73 games 
wasn't a priority for this team. All they care about is getting to the finals. When you play this many NBA games in a row, because you're playing deep into the summer uh, for uh, the playoffs, NBA players, you know, again, we can complain about the way it used to be with the NBA versus players of today. Let's face it. Players of today are prima donnas. So at the end of the day, they're going to check out of games. There's pretty much nothing the league can do about it. So it's just a matter of how do you manage the personalities and deal with millennials. So Kerr approached it from a different angle. He had his own players coach the game. Apparently, this rankled a number of purists in the NBA because they felt that it was disrespectful to the Phoenix Suns that they had uh, uh, players coaching the game instead of Steve Kerr. So you have David West diagraphing plays. Guess what? The Warriors won 129-83 to last night over the Suns. So, to me, the Suns complaining about not being shown respect by the Warriors, at the end of the day, you got your ass kicked. You got nothing to complain about. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that the Warriors were trying something different, and it worked for one game. Now, would they have tried it against the Spurs or the Cavs? Probably not. But, hey, if you were a bottom five team in the league, guess what? You could try out some different lineups and combinations. So that's what the Warriors did. They should not be uh, dealing with uh, uh, criticism from other people uh, saying that uh, you know it's uh, unfair that the Warriors were being so disrespectful to another NBA team by not having them being coached at all. So Steve Kerr was... Uh, basically standing off to the sideline doing nothing. So, uh, you know, the only people who should be slightly annoyed would be Steve Burr's, uh, Steve Kerr's bosses because guess what? Steve Kerr's paid to um, uh, coach the team. No one else in the NBA should be complaining about it, except for the guy uh, cutting the check to Steve Kerr because, hey, technically he got a night off to do nothing and just stand around and do nothing. So that would be something someone could complain about internally with the Warriors, but externally, this is a not, uh, this was a nothing story, but you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, so, uh, that, uh, is what, uh, kind of went on with, uh, the NBA the past few days. Like I said, it was a bit of a slow, uh, weekend in terms of, uh, what happened in world sports. Obviously you have the Olympics going on. So, uh, the U S, uh, claimed gold medals, uh, uh, with snowboarding, uh, you had Chloe Kim last uh, yesterday uh, win a, a gold medal uh, at 17 years of age. Red Gerard, although uh, he's called Red Gerard, uh, Gerard, official name is Redmond Gerard, according to the international outlets. So that was a fun dynamic. The American broadcast kept calling him Red Gerard. The international broadcast just kept calling him Redmond. So it honestly sounded like he was a blue blood when he's a. Uh, kid from Cleveland that went out to Colorado to keep snowboarding. But anyway, uh, U.S. uh, uh, competitions are going to be keep going along for the Olympics. Uh, Ice hockey just kind of got started for the men and the women. So we'll see uh, how that plays out. Uh, More focus being paid towards the women just because you have uh, more professional athletes and they have more realistic shot. The the U.S. men, uh, uh, it's comprised of a number of junior players not necessarily deemed to be a realistic contender. You got Canada and Russia uh, primarily being favored there. And also you got uh, the Swedes uh, in the mix. But, you know, like I said, there's more to come with the Olympics. It's just uh, harder to pin down specific storylines I want to tackle there. So uh, without much further ado, I'm going to bring Cam on because right now uh, we've got the closing... uh, in a bit, uh, I'm going to watch the Rangers for a little bit because I'm really annoyed about how this period's going because uh, we just gave up another goal. So I'm not happy with the Rangers. I'm going to watch the rest of this first period. Then I'm probably going to do the interview with Cam uh, just to get his thoughts because uh, uh, Texas Tech is playing Oklahoma in the big matchup uh, tonight for college basketball. So we'll we'll talk a little uh hoops and then we'll get into the NFL because we got a couple of stories that I want to get into uh, today. You know, it's ridiculous the Rangers are giving up so many goals this early. Anyway, 
I'm getting distracted, so I'm going to uh, uh, take a break here. And then when I come back, uh, you know, hopefully the Rangers will get their act together and we'll have Cam on the line so we can talk uh, uh, the results of uh, how Texas Tech, uh, Oklahoma went down and get into the NFL. Because uh, we got some interesting storylines that are brewing in the league uh, just in terms of uh, free agency news. So uh, stay tuned. All right, folks, uh, got Cam on the line here. Cam, how you doing this fine evening? Oh, we're doing great. Texas Tech won. Yeah. You know, Oklahoma and suck it. That's the worst team in the league. <laughs> Baker, Mayf- Baker Mayfield, I-, I don't even care. I know it's not the same fucking sport, but I hate Oklahoma to a T. So we beat them at home. Suck it. I mean, that that was probably the most impressive win of the year for Texas Tech, even though it was at home, and you've had some big wins this year. Uh, getting a national TV win over Oklahoma, a top-10 team, that 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 puts you in the mix of uh, getting a higher seat. So, I mean, you guys uh, – uh, well, actually, uh, Oklahoma was in the top-10. That You guys are still in the top-10, but that actually puts you in the mix of getting – you know, a top three seed, definitely, uh, regardless of how things turn out in the Big 12 tournament. I, I definitely think you guys uh, have a legitimate case of being a top uh, top two seed now. Uh, I mean, uh, regardless, I think you're in the in the mix for the three, but I think now you, you legitimately have the case for being a top two seed uh, in the brackets uh, once it kind of boils down because uh, as a whole, uh, Big 12 seems to have been – on paper and balance, uh, the most uh, 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 p- uh, powerful conference in terms of uh, overall depth within the conference of in terms of quality team. So I definitely think the committee kind of favors that uh, when they see uh, non-conference schedule between different uh, uh, leagues. I mean, either way, we're going to win the Big 12. <laughs> Sucky I, I, suck Kansas. <laughs> I like I like the optimism, Cam, but you got you got a little bit of ways to go. You got another month to oh, go in the really? season. Really? Got a little month to go to the season. Hey, uh, have, have you seen um, have you seen the uh, bracket between us? <laughs> um, no, they don't deserve it. <laughs> We're gonna win it. All right. Well, since you brought him up uh, for football starter. Uh, we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna bring up the article released by Pro Foot, uh, Pro Football Focus uh, uh, last night that said head and shoulders that Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback in this draft, and the uh, the argument being made there was the fact that Mayfield uh, was a top five finalist for the Heisman, as you may recall, because he was your quarterback for. A few years before Pat Mahomes took over, but uh, I, I have to say, Cam, what do you think of the prospect that Baker Mayfield can now vault into the top tier of quarterbacks in this draft, only to be selected by the Browns? How how, how do you feel about that? The possible development. Oh, you would you would pull this question. <laughs> oh my God! I get to the heart of the issue, Cam. <laughs> you would. I think he's going to go more of a second round because he's an idiot. <laughs> he sucks. Like, I, I just hate him so much because I agree with his situation with Tech. Like he, he should have left and he should have went somewhere else. But then he went to Oklahoma and then he burned it out and then, you know, won the Heisman. So, I mean, he did his shit, but... I'll give him second round, and I mean that's about it, man. I I, I don't think if he starts, it's going to be for the Browns. That's it. I mean, it's over. <laughs> like, like if he gets picked by the Browns, just like lay over in your grave, just like go to sleep, like you're dead. Like he, dude, he's so short. He's not even that. He's like a Drew Brees. He's, like, and Drew Brees is like the only he, guy in he the is, NFL. 
Okay. He's that short. Okay, he is six feet tall, so he's not that short, but okay. Oh, he's short. <laughs> he's just over six feet tall, but okay. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna throw out something to you, Cam, and right, yeah, you, you, you're, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take it from the source because yeah, it. What's that? Dude, just go for it. All right. It's coming from a former Cowboys coach, but better known as one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach in Giants history, Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells, seven criteria for considering quarterbacks in the NFL draft. Do you know what they are? I'm going to take that silence as no, you do not. So I'm going to go ahead, Cam. Dude, fuck Bill Parcells. (laughs) Hey, he made you guys successful. He gave you hey, Tony he, Romo. Keep going because I, I wish I would never have said anything. <laughs> Good God. He gave God. you Tony Romo, Cam. I, aren't you glad? <laughs> yeah, we won 18 Super Bowls. <laughs> he kept you relevant for decades, Cam, long after he left. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Like, was this a script? <laughs> but alright so the uh, the seven criteria for quarterbacks according to Bill Parcells be a three year starter check be a senior in college check graduate from college check start 30 games check win 23 games also a check for Baker Mayfield post a 2 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio Check and double check there. And complete at least 60% of passes thrown. That's a check across the board for Mayfield. So, hearing that criteria, Cam, being 7 for 7, what do you feel about Mayfield now? Go ahead and draft him. (laughs) Draft him. Fuck it. Alright, so... uh, Oh, that's... that's, Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so... Take the risk. Based on the criteria, can you name the one other starter that has potential to be a first-round starter, I mean, a first-round QB selection in the draft? I'll I'll give you a clue. His coach has one of the most massive mullets you will ever see anywhere in the country. Jesus Christ. Oklahoma State. Yep, Mason Rudolph. Coach Gundy and his mullet. <laughs> he is the other qualifying candidate uh, with... Uh, uh, oh, Rudolph? Yeah. Oh, he, he, Mason he, Rudolph. Yep. No. Yeah, he has the NCAA record cam. He's got 92 touchdown passes. All right, go go ahead and take him. <laughs> I, I mean... Uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, my name's T-Money. Hey. Uh, I'll take him for the Giants. Uh... All right. I, I, I'm going to say he could be under consideration for the Giants. He could be under consideration. Right, not, well, good for you. He could be under consideration. Not, but we'll get into we'll get into the draft in a future episode. Okay. But I want I want to throw that out there because Pro Football Focus came out with that to, uh, uh, to, uh, topic. Everyone jumped on it and started talking about it on the sports shows today. But I knew that was going to just gnaw at you. What's that? Yeah, they, they brought it out, uh, I think it was last night, and then the talk show circuit picked it up Thank today. You, dude. You're idiot. <laughs> All right, so... Hey, y'all. In terms of NFL news, uh, you've got Mr. Kirk Cousins and what should surprise no one, filing for free agency today. So, we talked about this at length. You know, the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes took a very interesting turn uh, because of the Jimmy Garoppolo deal and the fact that Alex Smith was grossly overpaid by Washington. So now the question becomes, how much are the Broncos and Jets willing to pay for Mr. Cousins? Because if Jimmy Garoppolo is making over $27 million a year on the basis of seven starts, does that warrant Kirk Cousins being paid almost $30 million? Dollars? 
because that that's where the market is shifting towards uh, based off of the next round of QB negotiations. Because if uh, Garoppolo's making 27.5, any QB worth their salt is just using that as the new baseline. That's Well, uh, in terms of uh, what I was saying is, so what do you think uh, the actual market for Kirk Cousins shapes up to be now that you know this information? You've got Jimmy G as the standard bearer for NFL QB contracts. Whether or not you think Jimmy G is grossly overpaid or not, Kirk Cousins, you would think, is going to get a pay upgrade over Garoppolo. Well, yeah, he's the number one right now, but like in terms of the upcoming contracts, because you got to remember the Breeze contract is coming up. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, wants to get his ne- deal negotiate uh, renegotiated. You got uh, Cousins uh, uh, coming up, so you've got some big names uh, in terms of quarterbacks that are coming up for new deals uh, uh, that need new contracts, and they're going to be pointing to Garoppolo's contract, saying, "Okay, that's the new uh, benchmark." It was the Matt Ryan contract. Now it's Garoppolo. I mean, I think Garoppolo deserves it. I mean, I think he's legit. For me, I, I think he's legit. So, such as up. Um, Patriots. Go Belichick. I mean, such as up. Yeah, I mean, you're 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 gonna you're gonna get uh, some massive contracts coming out the woodworks. It's just a matter of uh, just who, uh, like in terms of dollar amounts, it, it's gonna be Breeze and Cousins resetting uh, the case. It, I'd be shocked if uh, they were not getting a massive pay upgrade over Garoppolo. So I'm I'm thinking that they could actually come close to thirty mil, which is insane, but yeah, I think it's possible. So do you like Breeze? Do I like Breeze? I think Breeze has I mean, seen. I, I, I think I think I think Breeze has seen his better days. But if you're telling me that with that offense, do I want to take a chance of letting Breeze go to another team when I have an offense that's good enough? With Breeze, just he doesn't even have to be eighty percent as good as he used to be. He, even if he's giving me seventy five percent of Drew Breeze and just come out with a gem. Uh, three to four times a season, that's really all you need out of Breeze. I mean, that and your defense to actually make a tackle in the last play of the game and not actually fall over themselves. Outside of that, yeah, you got a chance to go right back to the NFC Championship game. I mean, that is true. But... But if you're, but if you're cousins, you've, you're, uh, you're, you're hit. You just hit thirty. You got some prime years left. You got five uh, prime years as an NFL QB. Yeah, I'm backing up the Brinks truck. So I'm saying, uh, Mr. Elway, are you willing to pay me? Otherwise, I may just go to the Jets, which again is a career suicide because you're not going to win there. But you know, at least you're getting paid. Am I paying Drew Brees close to 30 for yeah. a two-year deal, two to three years? Yeah. Are you willing to do that? Yeah. It's like if, if I'm going to pull the trigger and I've got a two-year window, yeah, I, 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 I take that gamble. Because that team showed enough on defense last year that I'm willing to take the gamble and figure out a way of restructuring certain deals. Because you got to remember, uh, they traded Cook, so they uh, they don't actually have to pay Cooks anymore, which was still a dumb trade with the Patriots, regardless of uh, what uh, what happens. But they don't have to uh, go through the process of uh, trying to put a franchise tag on Cooks 
uh, and try to uh, negotiate his deal. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the Saints have a number of uh, contracts that they can manage uh, without having guys hit free agency. So that's why I think they can they can get away with it this year. It'll catch up to them year two, but, you know, you're in it to win it uh, next season. So I think it's worth the gamble to give him a two- to three-year deal, and, yeah, you're paying him basically close to $30 million a year. But uh, outside of that, uh, you know, I still think the overall comes down to what happens with Cousins because Cousins, I, I think it's, you know, there are fewer there are fewer buyers on the market certainly because of Alex Smith getting dealt. But now it, it just comes down to real realistically, uh, you've got some teams in the mix that still on the outside looking in because they got to figure out their own QB situation. So you've got the Jets and the Broncos, but you got to figure out uh, what the Jags are going to do with uh, Blake Bortles. I mean, most likely they're going to just end up cutting them and have the cap space to sign whoever they want. And you have Minnesota trying to figure out that three quarterback conundrum that they have between Bridgewater, uh, Bradford, and Case Keenum. The legend of Case Keenum, sorry. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) But... uh, as it stands, I, I still think that, uh, you know, more likely you're going to see the deal happen for Breeze first, just because the Saints need to figure out his contract situation and then take care of uh, the back-end stuff of uh, managing everyone else in the league. So I think uh, the, the situation that's going to take the longest to play out ends up being Cousins. Just because they're, they're going to try to drive up the price on him, so... I think the more bidders you have in place. What's that? Who do you think is going to take them? I still think the Broncos are the most likely team to take them. Just because, you know, if I'm the Jets, yeah, he's a splashy signing, but I don't think that does, uh, I don't think that moves the needle enough to say you're a contender in the division. Now, the only other team that could make a move that I haven't really talked about yet, but he is, uh, their name got brought up by a couple of folks would be the Bills. Because the Bills are looking for somebody to come in and be a franchise QB for that team. Because they know it's not Tyrod Taylor who can get them to the playoffs, but they're looking for that, the guy. And they may be willing to give the keys to the kingdom to Cousins just to have someone out there that they can try it out and say, this is our guy, he can put up numbers, we have a good enough defense, Uh, we're going to jumpstart this turnaround right now by just making a big free agency splash. So Buffalo's another uh, team that uh, you could see th- uh, make an offer uh, that you, you're not uh, that comes a little bit out of the woodwork. But, hey man, good. I uh, but I still say you know with all this still being so early, you, you've got, you've got quite a bit of uh, uh, time left to go up until. See what I uh, what I still think is going to be the the biggest thing uh, overall though is once you get past uh, and it's probably going to be uh, beginning of March when you really start seeing uh, uh, things kick off because I I still feel the biggest thing has to be the domino effect of figuring out which uh, which of these QBs get shipped out of Minnesota because I think people are going to wait on the Vikings to make a decision and then start uh, accelerating the uh, free agency quarterback process. So I think teams are going to kind of see what the Vikings do, and then uh, you're going to see a little bit of a domino effect. What I want to ask you about is, what do you think about Dez? <laughs> yeah. Ah, the Dez situation. Dez doesn't want yeah. a pay cut. Uh, Dez does not want a pay cut, even though he is a number two wide receiver, clearly. He is threatened to get cut. Uh, I think it's very possible Dez gets cut, because if Dez is not willing to, uh, and I think Dez would be a monster in the slot. I think Dez has the physicality and the skills to be a dominant player out uh, playing out in the slot. But if he doesn't want to give uh, up being the X then you're going to run into problems because Dez no longer has the speed to be the outside threat that 
Dak needs. And that's part of the reason why they have such trouble connecting is that Dak can throw up a ball, but if Dez has no separation, it makes it that much easier for a defender to come in and knock the ball away uh, as it gets Dez. Because, you know, Dez can high point the ball still, but there's only so many times you can high point the ball before a defender just learns the time to jump a little bit better and just swat it away. And I think that's the biggest problem Dallas has. Dez yeah, has exactly. So, 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 what do you think he uh, should do? Think he should uh, get cut, or you want to put him in a slot? De- I mean, Dez can only be good in the slot if he wants to be good in the slot. That's the thing. It's like it's one thing to say, "Oh, I'm going to move a guy into the slot." You have to be able to uh, run tight routes. You got to be willing to take the more because uh, you're going to take a little bit more punishment in the slot. Uh, you're, you're going to get chipped and everything in the slot, but you know, you can put up monster numbers. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald has been living in the slot the last four seasons and putting up monster numbers. I mean, Larry, uh, Larry Fitz, uh, Larry Fitz was putting up career numbers this year, despite the fact that, I mean, if you, if you're looking at the quarterback situation for the Cardinals, it was a joke, but, uh, Fitz knows how to get open in the slot. And it's just a, a trait that, you have to work at it, but Dez absolutely has all the tools to be good in the slot. I just don't think he has the maturity to accept being a slot receiver at this no, point exactly. in his career. And, and that's why I was asking you. So I think I think the scenario is that Dez probably does end up getting cut. I just think that it's a waste because wherever he goes, he's going to run into the exact same issues that he's facing right now with the Cowboys is that his uh, declining speed is going to hamper him in terms of down downfield threats, and you know. Yeah, but uh, but but all right. So so you would cut him, but then you you owe him a guarantee. I know, so, but if he's so, so if what he, then? but Cam, if if you've got a player that's not willing to accept his role on the team, and you just if if you're thro- if you because right now Des is playing. I mean, if you if you look at the numbers, well, Dez, Dez is playing. Here, here, here. If Dak and Dez are not going after it, and you, you totally agree that uh, Dak is going to do it, you got to get rid of Dez. Yeah, I mean, the, the, at the end of the day, you know, it's Dak's team. But if Dak, uh, if I mean, if Dez is only performing. At an average level for an NFL wideout on the outside, exactly. yes. outside X, yes. I mean that's a replacement level player, and you're paying him in excess of much. 17 mil. You got to yeah. take the cap hit. I'm sorry, yeah. it's just uh, you no, can you exactly. can you can draft multiple wide Drop receivers in, in in the draft, and to believe and you know I, I hate to give Cowboys good advice, but to me the Cowboys need multiple uh, wide receivers that actually have some speed because living off of the Bryce Butlers of the world is, and uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's pitiful. Hey, 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 here's what I'll say. I agree with you, but the Giants receivers sucks as much as I, the Cowboys. Hey, I, so I, fuck off. Hey, oh, uh, I think Roger Lewis Jr. can actually beat out any, any of your receivers right now. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm ser- I'm deadly serious. I I think Ooh, it, I, right, I I I think right, I think Cole, Cole Beasley has lost his stuff. I think Roger Lewis Jr. could actually beat him out. Well, Cole Cole Beasley is only lost a step because he even he's not even targeted. Well, he's well, he's not targeted because I think he's he's lost a step in the slot. That's the problem. I I don't oh. I I think he's even slowing the slot. I think Switzer should actually have Cole spot next year. To me, that's that's the position battle you guys should be looking out for is Switzer versus uh, Beasley. I will give a thought to that, but that's about it. Because I think if, if you if you want to manage your cap situation and you're taking the cap hit on Dez, I think you got to take a Cole, a long look at Cole's contract and say if we could save money with Cole and just replace him with Switzer, and it's a like for like. Then you let Cole go, and maybe you bring in another uh, wide receiver, a veteran wide receiver, just to kind of coach up the players, uh, just so you have a little bit of stability, and then you draft a couple of rookies. But to me, yeah, I, I definitely think uh, there were a couple of uh, 
wide receivers that started their last game for the Cowboys. I, I, at least if I were running the team, and uh, we all know that Jarrah runs the team, so Jarrah has the eye for talent. So, I mean, who am I to question the great Jerry Jones? He uh, zero Super Bowl wins since uh, Barry Switzer won with Jimmy Johnson's players. Who am I going to start between uh, yeah. which players? Your players versus mine. Oh, I'm playing. I'm playing the Giants wide receivers. Are you kidding me? Come on, this is not even. That's not even yeah. a debate. Yeah. Who? Who? That's not even a debate. Give me three. Give me three. I'm still <laughs> playing Brandon Marshall over your entire wide receiver core. Are you kidding uh, me right I'm, now? That's one. <laughs> that's only three. That's only one. Give me two more. Odell's still playing, and Shepard's oh, yeah. still playing. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's not even. I, the only the only debate is whether or not you want to take Dez or uh, Brandon Marshall, but at least Marshall is showing that he's willing to run. See, part of the issue with Dez is the fact that he was giving up on a ton of plays last year. To me, Dez he, is he gave up probably on like sixty percent. That's my problem with Dez. I can't rely on Dez to be a starter for me because like Dez is operating for Dez right now. He he is. He is the very definition of an independent contractor. <laughs> so to me, Dez, Dez is definitely the guy that, even though he has the talent of, of starting, I can't re- rely on Dez. That's why, to me, it's a no-brainer that Dez uh, probably ends up getting cut unless he and Jerry can have a heart-to-heart about his role on the team and where Jerry sees his Cowboys career going. But, you know... I just the the the, pro, the problem is is that with a coach as weak willed as Jason Garrett, he can't have a heart to heart with Dez. He's a pussy. He needs Jerry to do it for him, and you know, a real coach would actually tell Dez as a, to a man, just say, "Dez, I love you as a player, but for, the best thing for your career is to play out of slot. If you look at Larry Fitz, you can still be a Pro Bowl player from the slot." Please let us help you, or at least we can bring some guys in that can help you with the spot because that's where you guys need to gotta go. It's just Dez does not want to accept that reality yet. Idiot. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna get uh, get an, uh, another update for you, and this one came in uh, because of. Something that uh, was brought up, and it, it turned into a little beef. It turned into a little beef between the Eagles and Patriots because of the fact that the Eagles have still been chirping at the Pats after their Super Bowl victory over them. And yeah, it came. Well, it. It, it came from Lane Johnson saying that he would rather win one Super Bowl than win five Super Bowls on a soulless team like the Patriots that don't have any fun. Yes, that was the actual quote. I would rather win one Super Bowl than five if it meant that I uh, had to be on the pads and not have any fun. Yeah, but how do you know? Well, uh, in terms of the reaction, uh, Teddy Bruschi had some choice words in terms of the fun aspect of uh, playing on the Patriots says that Lane Johnson was way off base about New England's uh, culture of discipline. So here, here was the clip from Teddy. seems to be more of a player's coach or Pete Carroll. 
than Bill Belichick, who it feels like runs a, a tight ship. If you I want a relationship and you want a double date with your coach, I mean, yeah. go, play with, go play with those guys. Go ahead. That's but a good line. Unless, unless but, you want, if you want to learn how to win games right. and consistently win I mean, games throughout, throughout your career, you play for Bill Belichick. Big, big. Boom, Cam. That was the law of Brewski. Brewski. I, I, I mean, Brewski kind of went in there with that that, that double date yeah, uh, wisecrack. You, you learned how to play for Belichick. Well, I mean, if you if you still look at it, the Patriots have still lost three Super Bowls. So, I mean, it's not it's not everything, but I mean, they've won. They've won. Don't get me wrong. They've also lost quite a bit, too. But, uh, yeah, so in terms of what, uh, uh, to follow up on what Lane Johnson said, so Brewski said that on, on first take. Lane Johnson said that, uh, said on the part of my take uh, on Barstool, uh, he said the Patriots are a fear-based organization, and so that they that's how they manipulate players because they're so uptight that they have to uh, listen to exactly what the Patriots say. So, uh, I want to pose this to you because the interesting parallel to that, though, is the fact that, you know, there is a theory amongst, uh, and this uh, came up with the Boston fans, that because uh, they they still, they're still crying on the sports talk radio up in uh, Beantown that, you know, if the Patriots weren't so stuck in their ways that there would have been a player come up to Matt Patricia or Belichick saying, Malcolm has to be on the field. We're getting torched in the secondary. We need Malcolm out there to help with the tackling because we're we're getting we're getting blitzed, and that never happened. If you look at the sidelines for New England, it's just shots of Belichick and Patricia trying to yell at their players to figure out ways of tackling. Meanwhile, Malcolm Butler is just standing around doing nothing. I mean, <laughs> that's maybe that's what Clearly not, but I, I, I thought it was an interesting parallel, though, because if you if you think on the face of it, how many other teams could you see where a star player gets benched and no one, and I mean no one, was making any comments to the coaching staff? That was the interesting thing to me. I, I, they I paid them. What's that? They paid them. It's... it's, it's, it's well, I mean, I don't I, disagree with that one. <laughs> I mean, I just thought I, I thought it was an interesting parallel because, I mean, think about it. Could you imagine Dez getting benched because he was not being productive by the Cowboys? I, so, I mean, not only would Dez be making noise, other players would probably make a noise on Dez's behalf too. Even as much as you uh, may uh, have issues with Dez's level of commitment to the team this year, it would still be a talking point. I will agree to that. All right, Cam. I will let you go on that note. I will bid you adieu for now, but we will reconvene because uh, we, we're we going to have some more football coming up uh, later on this week because uh, uh, I'm sure the latest uh, football rankings uh, will start coming out for the, uh, the draft process, and then we can talk about Baker Mayfield some more. I'm, I know you're going to be real excited for that. <laughs> Idiot. Alright, Cap. You take it easy, bud. Alright, later. Later. Alright, that does it for the show tonight. As it stands, the Rangers are making a little bit of a comeback. Uh, so may- maybe they may save me from having more agita that they've already caused tonight. I highly doubt it. Even though I, I, I want the higher draft pick... The team drives me nuts by being so unprepared for to start games because it drives me nuts. It absolutely drives me crazy, the fact that they're that lackadaisical starting games, which is why we should be sellers at the trade deadline. Uh, that's coming up for hockey, uh, but uh, just uh, a mess there. So thanks again to Cam, uh, just so we get into a little bit of football. Uh, you know, I'm going to get into the Olympics. It's just, uh, it's it's been tough for me to engage. I'm trying to find... Moments here and there because you got more anecdotal stories than anything else. But uh, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to find a couple of talking points uh, to go over uh, for the Olympics in, in terms of uh, the competition. So that's all for now. And uh, have a good evening, folks.
It's the most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field, Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach, Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll I'll take Giselle, okay? (laughs) Is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.